two other men, both of them criminals, were also led out to be put to death with Jesus. When they came to the place called the Skull, they crucified Jesus there and the two criminals, one on his right and the other on his left. Jesus said, Forgive them, Father, they don't know what they're doing. They divided his clothes among them, throwing dice. The people stood there watching while the Jewish leaders jeered at him. Huh, he saved others. Let him save himself, if he's the Messiah whom God has chosen. The soldiers also mocked him. They came up to him and offered him cheap wine and said, Save yourself, if you're the king of the Jews. Above him were written these words, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals hanging there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Messiah? Save yourself and us. The other one, however, rebuked him, saying, Don't you fear God? You received the same sentence he did. Ours, however, is only right because we're getting what we deserve for what we did. But he has done no wrong. And he said to Jesus, remember me, Jesus, when you come as king. Jesus said to him, I promise you that today you will be with me in paradise. What an amazing piece of scripture. Jesus is hanging on the cross. A pivotal moment in the whole of human history. And why is he there? Well, there's another verse in a different gospel that tells us, and it reads like this. God loved the world so much that he sent his only son into the world that those who believe in him will not die but have eternal life. That's why Jesus was there, because God loves us. Say that to yourself, God loves me. If I was still in the classroom, I'd say to the kids, what have you got to remember? What have you got to remember, Pads? God loves us. God loves... (laughs) Me. Me. God loves me. God loves you. And the very next verse goes on to say that Jesus didn't come into the world to judge it, but to be its saviour. And the whole reason for him being on the cross, because you and I are sinners. And our God is a holy God, and there can be no sin in his presence. Somebody has to pay the price for wrongdoing, for sin. And God, in his love for his people that he created, provided Jesus to take the blame for all of our rottenness. And don't come and tell me that you don't sin, because I sin before I get out of bed in the morning sometimes. (laughs) I've thought some evil thing about somebody, because they've been horrible to me. We all do it. 
And none of us can stand in the presence of God except Jesus. And Jesus took the blame for all of our rottenness. Everybody's. It's an amazing thing. And you know... um, This little picture of the two criminals, one either side of him, encapsulates the the whole effect of Jesus' ministry on earth. Jesus, what he did on earth, it didn't pull people together, it divided them. He certainly got up the noses of the establishment. They didn't like him. They got very cross with him, and that's how he ended up being crucified. He raised people from the dead. He healed people. People got back their hearing and their sight. He mixed with sinners. He mixed with drinkers and prostitutes. He did all sorts of difficult things that the authorities found very difficult to handle. And he really got up their noses. Because what he brought was freedom and life, and joy, and he put families back together, and he gave people health and life, and guess what? The authorities weren't doing that themselves, and it really got up their noses. They really hated him, and they could feel their power slipping away, and they went for him, and that's how he got to be crucified. And the picture of the two criminals on the cross is a picture for all of us. Because whether we like it or not, we fall into one or other of these camps. We're either the person, the people who accept Jesus, recognize who he was, And come to him and say, Lord, I'm the one that's made the mess. You're the one that's perfect. Forgive me. Or we're the heckler on the other side. Oh, come on. You've saved other people. Why aren't you saving me? And lots and lots of times in conversation with people, I hear people who say, I'd like to have a word with God. I've got bones to pick with God. He's let me down. I prayed. He didn't answer. All those sorts of conversations. But until we've dealt with a mess that inside us, we won't recognize our Savior and our God. And, you know, parents, the scary thing is You've done a wonderful thing today. Of course you have, dedicating your children to Jesus. But the scary thing is that children grow up not so much listening to what we say to them, but by our example. And these children, when they become adults, will have to make a decision for themselves, just like the two guys on the cross, just like every one of us has to. Will they be followers, believers, Or will they be hecklers? Will they be doubters? 
And you know, your example is the thing that will lead them to Jesus or away from Jesus. The truth is, you know, I've got four grown-up children and seven grandchildren, and it's quite scary how often I hear myself in them. Whoa, they say things, and I go, oh, no. (laughs) What an awful example I've been. They do things, and I think, oh, no. Was that me? Did I teach them to do that? And your example is absolutely vital to your children. If you cheat, they cheat. If you're angry, they're angry. If you lie, they lie. If you swear, they swear. Etc., etc. And so your decision to follow Jesus is crucial in whether your darling little babies grow up to follow him. You've done a wonderful thing today to dedicate them to him. But the crunch will come for them when they make up their own minds later on. And you know, the men on the cross made a deathbed decision. But we may not have that opportunity. You might drop with a heart attack. You might have a car run over you. I saw somebody nearly run over this week in Tilehurst. Terrifying. We may not have the opportunity of a deathbed decision. We can decide now, today, that we want to be followers of Jesus. And it's an amazing offer. Why would you want to follow Jesus through your life? Why would you want to? Well, I'm telling you, life with Jesus is fun. I made a little list, if I can find it, of all the things that I'd seen Jesus do in my little life, or my long life. Some of you think I'm very old. Hold on. I have seen people healed. I've been healed myself. I had a terrible back problem, and Jesus healed me. I've seen people set free from addiction and other habits. I've seen people being given joy instead of sorrow. I was healed of a broken heart when my husband died at the age of 39. God healed my heart. It's so exciting being on the road with Jesus. I've been provided for when my cupboard was empty, and I've seen lots of other people provided for when their cupboard was empty. Gifts have come through my door. I don't know who they were from, except I know they were for him, because he had told other people to put money through my door. I've seen people being given enormous gifting, talents they didn't know they'd had, become musical when they didn't think they were musical, all sorts of amazing things. I've seen demons cast out. Yes, demons. It's exciting being on the road with Jesus. He can totally transform your life. He loves you so much, and he has in his mind the person that he wants you to be, the person he wants me to be. It's amazing. I recommend it. It's absolutely amazing. And on top of that, I get to talk to God every day. Every day is fantastic. And there's a lovely little verse of scripture which says, my sheep hear my voice. So it's not a one-sided conversation. Yeah, I do a lot of yabbering to God got a long list of things but best of all is when I hear from him and he tells me things I need to know 
things about myself, things about other people, things about situations, things that he wants me to pray for. It's fantastic being on the road with Jesus. And you know what? He told me two things to tell you today. He told me that today somebody would be here who suffers from persistent headaches, one after the other after the other. And he told me that somebody would be here with a sore or injured finger or thumb. And if you'd like us to pray for those things, then Steve and I will be standing over here at the end of the service. Just come and we'll pray for you and Jesus will deal with them. I've seen Jesus do things in 10 minutes that it takes 10 years for a counsellor to do. Jesus is the most amazing person. You bring to him your rottenness, your sin, and you say, like the man on the cross, I can't do this. I don't deserve it. I'm not holy. I'm a sinful person. Jesus, take my life and sort me out. And his promise to you is that you will be with him in his eternal kingdom. What an amazing promise. I really pray that we do it. Will you let me pray for you before I sit down? Father, I thank you for these lovely people, these gorgeous babies. Lord, I pray that today we will all be on the road with you. I thank you that you died for us. I thank you that the sin question is dealt with because of your death, Lord Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Thank you so much. Amen.